Tells us to think and ponder on what is true, noble, right, or just, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy. Think about these things. Because if your mind is like a garden, and it kind of is, what you water will grow. These are my sunflowers. Carefully taken care of by Samuel. So what you water grows. So what are you watering? What is your garden like? If your mind is like a garden, what is your garden like? You see, there are so many weeds that we can cultivate and nurture all around us. There are influences and there are weeds which are the exact opposite of these beautiful flowers and seeds that that we want to water, want to nurture, and we want to focus on the weeds of what is true. There's so much deception out there, so many, so many distortions. What ifs? What if this happens? What if that happens? So much uncertainty. There's so much that's in opposition to what is noble. And what is noble is fit for nobility, fit for royalty. There's so much that is the exact opposite of that, depravity. Stuff that is trashy and depraved. I'm reading a, a, a book at the minute, um, and it's a pastor who, after 50 years of ministry, he's talking about the things that he would do differently and the things that he would do the same. Things that he said he would do differently was that he he used to numb at the end of the day, numb numb out and chill out by watching TV. And he said he uh, I think he watched things that maybe weren't fit for nobility, weren't noble, and didn't propagate noble flowers in his garden, if you like. Um, and he said he would do that differently. Now that's something I guess that I'm working on as well, trying maybe not to have as much social media. Um, not that it's wrong to have social media, but just to water the right stuff and what is right. There's so much out there that is not right, so much injustice. And if we focus on that, um, we'll get angry, we'll, we'll, the weeds will grow of frustration and anger and even depression. What is the opposite of pure, that which is tainted or corrupt or impure? What are we watering in our gardens? The opposite to lovely is ugliness or rottenness. What are we exposing ourselves to? Admirable or of good report? You know, we can have the news at our fingertips. 24-7 now because of apps on the phone and constant bombarding with what's going on in the world. And there's very little of it that is of good report. And if you constantly, constantly are exposing yourself to that, you're watering stuff that is not of good report. 
that which is excellent and praiseworthy. There is a lot out there which is shameful, wrong, bad, the exact opposite of excellent and praiseworthy. So, so what are we watering? And you might, you know what, I can expose myself to all that, all those weeds, and it's okay, it doesn't affect me, I'm in control. But the problem is, there's, we have a conscious part of our mind and we have an unconscious mind. Do you ever, do you ever have an experience where you have like a, a funny dream? Maybe I have loads of really crazy dreams, as my family knows. But do you ever have like a dream and you think to yourself, why did I have that dream? And, and you think back to the day before, and then you're like, oh, that happened and that happened, but I didn't even notice it at the time. And that's because things all around us do affect us more than we think because we have an unconscious part of ourselves and we need to really guard our hearts. That's what the Bible says that we need to guard our heart with all diligence because these things do affect us. And you can't say that you can focus and give your attention to stuff and it will not affect you. That's if you're human. The unconscious influences judgments, feelings, and behavior. The unconscious is extremely powerful. Extremely powerful. Yet again, the Bible is ahead of science because in Romans 12, 2, it says, Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I love this because it's so hopeful. Our minds can be changed, they can be renewed, they can be made new. This is such good news. And the funny thing is that um, it's always been in the Bible, but actually scientists discovered this concept of neuroplasticity in 1966. But it's always been there in the Bible. Be transformed, you can be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's life transforming. In Psalm 1, it says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. And this is a way of watering the flowers, watering what's good, meditating on it, meditating on God's word, and what is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy, day and night. And so we're kind of scared of this word, meditate, <laughs> um, because there's a difference between Eastern meditation and Hebrew meditation in the Bible. In Eastern meditation, you're told to empty your mind. So don't do that. Um, Hebrew meditation is different. And this is where we actually renew our mind. We think upon what is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy. We think about what we're thinking about and we are intentional about it. And yes, maybe we do need to not empty our mind, but we need to slow everything down because I don't know about you, but you're multitasking, you're trying to do loads of things at once and think about different things at once. And you're rushing, trying to get things done, and our minds are on overdrive. And to think properly, we need to maybe slow everything down. And God says, Be still 
and know that I am God. In Psalm 23, it says, He leads me beside the still waters and He restores my soul. So maybe there is something about slowing down and being still and then meditating and thinking. So we want to begin to meditate on what is true. Begin to ponder it. Think about it. Focus on what is true. Whenever I began to renew my mind and I discovered this, this, uh, this verse, and I began to ask myself, I slowed everything down and began to think about what I was thinking about, and I began to ask myself, Linda, is that true? Is that really true? Now, inferiority and feeling worthless and feeling all those negative things was tr seemed true to me. It was my truth, if you like. So I had to really discover, well, what is the truth? What, what does God say about me? And begin to reprogram my mind, renew my mind. And so in my student house in Belfast many years ago, these post-its were everywhere. And I mean everywhere. They were stuck to the lampshade. I slept in a bunk bed. They were on the top bunk. So when I opened my eyes in the morning, they were there. And they were all over the walls and things. Um, and I began to reprogram and water the seeds of truth. And it was absolutely life-changing. Ask yourself, is that true? Whenever that condemning thought comes in, that negative thought, begin to challenge it. Is it true? Is it true? What does God say about you? Now, another thing, just lingering on the top one for a moment, because it's, it's so, so important. If you might say to me, but Linda, this situation is so bad, and that is true. Like, what's going on in my life at the minute is so bad. So what I would say to you then is, well, what is also true? So your life might feel, you might feel like your heart is broken. Well, what is also true? He's close to the broken heart. You might feel like I'm so lonely. I am I'm so isolated. I'm so lonely. Well, well, God has said he will never leave you nor forsake you. God is near. And you might say there's so much darkness all around, so much oppression. Well, what is also true is that we have light. We are light. And the darkness can't overcome the light that is within us. And yes, it is true that there are strongholds, that there are powers of wickedness, principalities and powers. There are dark forces around. But what is also true is that we serve the Most High God, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, the one who, who turns our chaos into order, makes the orphan a son and daughter, King of glory, King above all kings. We serve the Most High God. So we don't need to be afraid or intimidated. He is the Lord of Lords. And we're his kids, we're his children. And, and he loves us. And he loves us. So think about what is true. And let's let's not water all the the what ifs and the what if this happens and, and what if that happens. Let's ask ourselves, well, what is also true? What is true? What about this noble word? Thoughts that are fitting for nobility. 
begin to water noble thoughts. Right thoughts. Observe things that are right in the world. You know, whenever you see people that are just being kind to each other and when you see things happening in the world like you should do, when you see justice in the world, things that are good, that are happening, that are right. And what about pure? Thinking about things that are pure. Thinking about things that are lovely. There are things that are lovely in this world. It's a, it's a broken world, but it's a beautiful broken world. What about art and music and laughing and friends and coffee and food? There are lovely things. What about things that are of good report? Admirable, of good report. Do you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was feeling quite down. And I said, Lord, please just send something, some encouragement. Um, and a friend actually messaged me. I got a text message, and she actually wanted some advice off me. But I then phoned her later in the day, and she began to tell me lots of good things that God is doing. She brought a good report. And then that awoke lots of things within me, and I began to think, yeah. God's doing this and this, and there is something powerful about thinking about what is admirable, what is of good report. And people like that who bring a good report, who mention what is admirable and what is good, really can affect us and how we feel and just awaken that within us. So the people that we with that we're with are significant as well. And can help us with with watering the right flowers. And what about thinking about what is excellent and praiseworthy? Nature, trees, the way the body is made. Rach is doing biology at the minute, and I remember doing A level biology and um, learning about the workings of the plant, <laughs> and just thinking, wow, that is excellent. That is that is just praiseworthy. I remember actually years ago watching um, a child doing gymnastics and she was amazing and um, I, I actually felt really emotional. I thought, what is this? Why am I feeling like this? And I realized it was because it was excellent and there's something about just saying excellence that is good for our hearts and our souls. And acknowledging what is excellent and what is praiseworthy. <clears throat> Back to Romans 12 too. The brilliant thing is, <laughs> as we are transformed by the renewing of our minds, it means it affects how we are able to discern God's will. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. I used to get so stressed out about missing the will of God or going off the will of God. But actually, if you allow God to renew your mind and you worship him with your with all of your mind and you think about what you're thinking about and you water the that which is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is 
is good, pleasing, and perfect will. That's powerful. So it's almost like it gives us like an internal compass. We're better able to discern what is right, better able to know what is best. And interestingly, bank workers are trained to, to be able to know what kind of thing notes are by studying the real thing. So they're not continuously studying the counterfeit, they're studying the real thing. And the more that we study and focus on and think about the real thing, that which is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy, the more we do that, the more we're able to, to see what God's will is, what his voice is, what he wants us to do. When we're able to discern what is right, our internal compass is set. I just wanted to make mention of, of this, okay? Um, you might be sitting there, and I meet people like this who have really actually crazy thoughts, bad thoughts, ugly thoughts, awful thoughts. And because they have those thoughts, they think, I'm a bad person. My, I have these awful thoughts, I am a bad person. But just because the thoughts come knocking at the door doesn't mean you're a bad person, for a start, but it doesn't mean you have to invite them in and have a cup of tea with them. You can allow them to knock and you can let them pass by and go on. And they might keep knocking for a while, and that's okay. Another metaphor for this is um, a train. You're, at, you're on a platform waiting on a train, and the train might come in. You don't have to get on that particular train of thought you can wait for the next train to come in. And if you do get on that train, you can realize after a little while, I'm on a train of thought that is not true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy. I'm gonna get off at the next stop. And rather than focusing on the bad thought and trying to fight it off and thinking something is wrong with me, what you can do is actually, it's a bit like, um, instead of fighting the darkness, you turn on the light. So you focus on and invite in what is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy. And you think on these things. And the good news as well, these sort of thoughts, is actually we do have weapons. We, do, we are able to take every thought captive to make it obedient to Christ. So don't beat yourself up if you have those bad thoughts that come knocking at the door. Actually, most of us have them. Um, and that can be because of stuff you've been through in the past, or it could be from sin in the past. Um, but you don't have to invite those thoughts in um, and give them more focus than you need. So we are called to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, and all our mind and strength. In fact, Jesus says that this is the greatest commandment. And as we do this, as we begin to think in this way, we'll find that we are, we begin to love God with our mind. And you know, when you become Christian, you don't have to switch off your mind or park your mind at the door. You're, you can worship God with your mind. You can love him with your mind. It's a gift from God. I want to read a little excerpt from Francis, Dr. Francis Collins, who 
space, or was the director of the Human Genome Project, a scientist who loves God with all his mind. And this is an interview that he did with CNN. Do you know what he, he says? He calls, he has a recent, his most recent book is called The Language of God. A scientist presents evidence for belief. So he actually um, calls the DNA the language of God and it's beautiful. That's excellent and praiseworthy. So Dr. Francis Collins, I'm a scientist and a believer and I find no conflict between these worldviews. As the director of the Human Genome Project, I have led a consortium of scientists to read out the 3.1 billion letters of the human genome, our own DNA instruction book. As a believer, I see DNA, the information molecule of all living things, as God's language, and the elegance and complexity, the excellence of our own bodies and the rest of nature, they're a reflection of God's plan. Beautiful. The God of the Bible is also the God of the genome. God can be found in the cathedral or in the laboratory. He's all around us. And by investigating God's majestic and awesome creation, science can actually become a means of worship. By thinking about it, how excellent and praiseworthy and admirable it is. You can worship him with all your mind. And so you're loving him with all your mind. Because he's in what is true and noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable and excellent and praiseworthy. Because that's who he is. And he's closer than we think. And just as we close, I'm just going to pray. And we just pray that... Um, that you can rededicate your mind to him this morning. There's a, a verse in a, uh, a lovely song that I actually pray quite regularly. Um, Take my life and let, let me be consecrated, Lord, to thee. It says, take my intellect and use every power as you choose. Take my mind, Lord. And let it be yours and let it be used for your glory. Yes. And help us to worship you with all of our heart, yeah. soul, mind, and strength, Lord. Help us to think about what we're thinking about, Lord. And I pray that as we do, Lord, that we would be a people who love you with all of our minds, Lord. And worship you with all of our minds, Lord. So, Lord, this morning, afresh, we just... We give ourselves to you, Lord, body, soul, spirit, mind. Take us, Lord, and anoint us, Lord. Help us to love you more, Lord. Help us to live for you, God. Thank you, Lord. Amen.